This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Lorenz, Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. January has absolutely flown by. I cannot believe that it is January 23rd already. Uh, we are less than two weeks away from everything kicking off. We got Invitationals, we got BPT, we got... Uh, Toyota series. We got Bassmaster Elite series. We got it all kicking off. Uh, good week the rest of this week, too. Kevin Rogers on tomorrow. Uh, crappie guru turned bass fishing aficionado, and he is going to fish the NPFL and the MLF Invitationals this year. And we'll also ask him what's going on with the MPFL. Uh, but really good guest today, a dude that uh, won his first tournament. It was the first tournament that I ever covered for Bass Zone and Mark Jeffries back in the day. And it was Casey Ashley's first Elite Series win. What's up, Casey? How are you doing? What's good, Matt? How are you, man? Good. So that would have been 2007. It was a long time ago. Smith Mountain. I remember, I remember that tournament, uh, I remember that tournament very fondly because it was the, like I said, the first tournament I've ever covered with Mark Jeffries. And I remember Dean Rojas was in the Purolator boat. He was skipping a frog under trees and it was the loudest, uh, it was the loudest frog bite I've ever heard in my life when one of them hit it. But you ended up winning that tournament. I did. That that was a, a lot of first in that tournament for me. You know, obviously it was my first big two level win. Uh, it was the first tournament I'd ever heard of a shaky head. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of firsts. That was – wait a second. That was the first tournament you'd ever heard of a shaky head? First time in my life I'd ever heard of a shaky head. Uh, how'd you hear about it? Like, how did you end up – did you Gerald end up throwing Swindle. it at all? Yes, I caught a bunch of them on it. Um, That's what I – and Gerald Swindle, practice was pretty tough. Um, the morning bite was good, but after that, you know, it's couldn't hardly get bit. And, uh, I was talking with Gerald. He's like, man, all you gotta do is throw a shaky head around dogs. You catch some keepers. I'm like, what's a shaky head? So he gives me a handful, like five or six of them, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I wound up doing good in the tournament with the shaky head. Of course, you know, my bigger fish come on the jig, but clean stuff was on the shaky head. And that's kind of, that started my shaky head love from that point on. Really? Was it just a straight up like zoom six inch straight worm? Trick or do worm. you remember trick worm? Trick and then worm. do you remember the heads that he gave you even? It's just a ball headed G. Something homemade, I would imagine. Not with the screw lock though. No, 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 no. no. Straight up. I hate screw locks. Uh, it's gotta be a straight up check it in. No barb huh. on it. Yep. Take your uh, take your headsets off real quick and put it in. I'm getting like some background static. I'm not sure if that's on my end. Are you guys hearing that at all too, or is that just me? 
It was we we talked for 15 minutes and it was crystal clear. How about now? Yeah, that's way better. Way better. Good. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you good. All right. I don't know what the heck that was. That's the joys of of uh of running the podcast. <laughs> uh and I'll try and to be drunk. still. How about that? No, you're good. You should be able to move around. That's why I was saying, are you kidding me? But but no, we're all good. So that was the shaky head deal. The other thing I remember about that tournament was I think Boyd Duckett top 10 it, didn't he? And he, he was throwing a Sammy in the ski boat wakes out in front of the takeoff. And I remember yeah. that I've never seen anyone in like three, I mean like big time rollers. Yes. And he was throwing a freaking, I want to say a silver Sammy. I want to say a chrome Sammy in the in the in the ski boat wakes out in front. There's some islands out there or something. That makes sense because uh, the chrome Sammy, everything chrome is like really big around here. And if I remember right, Clark's Hill was the event before Smith Mountain Lake. It was the herring spawn. Everybody was throwing chrome because that was the deal. So you probably still had it left over from Clark's Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Did you know anything that was going on like in the world of professional bass fishing when you won that event in 2007? Cause you're one of the few guys, I want to say what it was the second or third event of the year It was early in the early, earlier in the year, wasn't it? No, it was actually the fifth or sixth event. Cause we, uh, we started in Amistad and from Amistad we went to, and that was Derek Remitz. Yep. From Amistad, we went to California, um, fish the Delta first fish clear Lake next. Uh, I finished 13th at Clear Lake, by the way. Was that the Steve Kennedy event? 07? I believe it was. That was the Bass Tricks year when it became famous. Um, and then from there, we came back to Clark's Hill. So I guess it was the, the fourth or fifth tournament. It's mid-season. It was in June. But that was your fourth or fifth like Elite Series tournament ever. So, I mean, they had... Remitz who won and that was his first event and I think he got second in the next one and then you win the fourth or fifth and we talk all the time on the show about how difficult it is as a rookie to win to make decisions but that had to be pretty cool to be fairly close to your home home waters and win that early on in your career it was you know Smith Mountain Lake I'd never been there never even heard of it really um, so, it's so not that far from the Carolinas is it it's about six hours from here. Yeah, it's not that far at all. Not not that far. But I mean, I mean we got Clark's Hill, Hartwell, Murray, you know, Lake Russell within 30 minutes of here. They, there's no need to drive very far. Santee's three hours, so we don't have to go right, very far to get good fishing. But, but it reminded me a lot of Lake Russell. And actually, I, how I won that event, I actually figured it out by having fish blow up on the topwater first thing in the morning. I, I knew where they were. And a lot of times when you go places or you find fish, you know, they'll be shallow early in the morning, catch them on top water, and then they move and you can't find them ever again. But in, in that lake, for some reason, if there was any rock within, you know, 12 to 16 foot of water off those points where they were holding first thing, they would be there midday. And it's, it's not very often that you get to follow fish like that. You know, most time you just, catch them in the morning that's it they're gone it's done you have to figure something else out but that's that was the biggest key to me winning that and then if i remember correctly i should have looked this up before you you were like one of the first and one of the only guys who's won an elite series event without a five bass limit every single day didn't you have four on the last yeah, day i think i had four on the final day yep 
That's good stuff. I didn't realize you started your Elite Series career off so good. I mean, you went uh, 88th at Amistad, but then 24th, 13th, 8th, 70th, and 1st. So yeah. you had, out of the first five, you had four top 25 finishes. Yep. And two of them were in California. Never in my life been to California. I'd never caught a 10-pounder in my life. And we went to the Delta, and I caught one. I think it was the second or third day. I caught a 10-8. <laughs> and then we go to to Clear Lake, and I catch a 10, 6, an 11, 14. I think I caught three over 10 in that one event. How'd you know where to go on the Delta? Like, you're a dude from the East Coast. You, you're what? Are you 24 at the time? I was 20, 23. 23. You go yeah. out to the West Coast, to the Delta. Like, how did you even dissect or understand? know what the hell you were doing just start man that's that's how i treat every like you got to start somewhere you don't get bit you just keep moving till you get bit i know but so where'd you start you just put the trolley boat trolley boater down at the ramp or you just drive around in the maze until you found the stretch that looked good or <laughs> we backed in me and marty robinson backed in and took off <clears throat> and i think it was called white house slough and uh i said man if it's got a name it's got to be good so that's kind of the area we started. I mean, of course, it's a huge place, you know, but <laughs> that's your method. A, yeah. It had a big ditch, you know, White House Slough is a big, got to be good. Yeah. Big, uh, big canal, you know, but yeah. it had like reed islands in the middle, had deep water, had hydrilla, had milfoil, I mean, it had everything you wanted. So started fishing, <laughs> wound up. That's, we found them and that the you know, men already both fished in there. I'm I'm using that for the opens this year. If it's got a name, it must have fish. It's got to be good. It's got because someone's it's had be to be. Good. Hey, I was at I was in Beaver Creek, or I was at yeah. the, you know Goat Island. There's a reason it has a name. Huh? Because you know some creeks on the lake or some pockets don't have a name. That one they're creek. Just, that one creek just, next to the next to Chicken Creek or whatever. Yeah. That's it's got point. a name as a reason. Yeah. Uh, and then, so you, holy cow. So you jump on the elite series and in your first five events, you make over 150 grand. <laughs> <Win one. laughs> well, Clark's Hill, you know, that's kind of in the backyard. That was our, we came straight back there from California. So that was in the wheelhouse, but I still didn't win. I've never won at Clark's Hill. And that's, that's my favorite lake, even over Hartwell, but I've always done well there. <clears throat> what makes it your favorite lake over Hartwell? I just, I grew up fishing it more. It's more of a shallow, dirty water type deal. Just, I tended to fish Clark's Hill more than Hartwell growing up. That's the whole reason I signed up for the Invitationals this year. They're going to Clark's Hill February. Oh, oh and then if you win that, you're automatically into Redcrest. Yes. I got you. It's kind of like the winning your end thing. Right. You mentioned Plus it's fun to fish at home, man. Yeah. How far is that from your house? 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad at all. How no. much has the blueback thing changed over the past four years? I don't want to Big get time. into the whole debate, but I feel like, do you feel like your advantage as a guy who actually understands their movements is, is not as strong as it used to be with the forward facing sonar out now? Absolutely. Well, forward facing does come into it, you know, certain times of the year. Um, 
But my favorite time of blueback fish was that April, May postpone when the when the herring were actually spawning up shallow. Okay. Catch them on top, you know, you know, forward facing wouldn't really come into play at that because if they're there, they're gonna bite. I mean, there's no need to search around for them. Uh, but so many people do that now. It's it's not even a thing anymore, hardly. It's one of those deals to where if you did find a place that had good ones on it, you'd have to hole sit it all day to catch five good ones. Because if you time leave it when they run them, when they just yep. run them up and they go goo 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 goo, and then yep. they're done. Yep. Used to, you know, you could just run stuff and they would be there. You'd catch one, leave, come back, you know, that type of deal. But now, if you leave it, so many people's doing it. If you leave it, you lose it. Because somebody what? else will sit whole set it for Why are so day. many people doing it? Are we talking social media? Are we talking just so much, so many tournaments that have been there that know it? I mean, what's the reasoning that guys understand this stuff now that, that we shouldn't? Like, I mean, I can go to Oklahoma. Like, I love it. Like, Hartwell's my favorite lake. If I had to fish any lake in the country at any time and uh, put me on Lake Hartwell, I absolutely right. love it. And I don't know why, but I mean, I've also had the ability to, like, learn and watch stuff that a uh, that I think back in 07 people didn't. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and we've had a lot of big events there. There's been a lot of big events there. So, I mean, the knowledge is there to figure out whatever you want to figure out. The only thing about Herring Lakes is, uh, is the wintertime, you know, pre pre-spawn January, February, those early tournaments. That's when I have a leg up there just because I understand what they do. And a lot of other people do too now, especially, you know, the locals, but, uh, wintertime fishing is just my favorite deal, man. When I won the classic, it was so cold, you know, wind was blowing, boats were froze to the trailers that morning. We had to have a two hour delay. Half the field is their minds just gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that, that's the tournaments I love. Did you know you were going to win that one going into it? I, I didn't know for sure, but I felt like if I was going to win one, that was going to be my chance. I mean, you were, you were dialed in. Like, it wasn't like you were like, holy cow, I found him. Like you knew where you were doing, you had the fish, the school that you thought was a winning school. Yeah. And you know, I never really, I had a starting spot wound up. That's where I, I caught a lot of my fish, but that wasn't necessarily like going into the tournament. That wasn't my 100%. I'm going to win here and that's it. Like there's so many other places. It's just a deal that you can run. And on the final day, it was cloudy, you know, overcast, and I did run around and catch fish other places. I mean, that is that is the dream day when it's super cold and cloudy, mist and rain for doing what I was doing. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I talked to you a little bit about this uh, off air, but when you when you have those cold classics like one of the one of the biggest problem not problems but one of the things that i think really changed in that year the one that between like when luke clausen won it in floor when they went from the summer to the early year is like the i don't want to say it, like that an underspin isn't cool it's pretty cool but the cool baits, like the signature, you know what I mean? Like you, you really right. narrow down the baits that can be the classic winning bait. You're talking, you know what? At, let's just look at Hartwell, just Hartwell, for example. Let's start with Alton Jones. Early of the year, ugliest jig on the face of the earth. The mop jig, the football. Ugliest, mop jig. ugliest jig on the face of the earth. Yours, 
like an unpainted homemade underspin. Yep. Jason Christie. Let's not lie here. Crappie jig. So I mean, <laughs> yep. those are the, those are the three baits. I mean, it's hard to have you know what a si- signature series on on stuff like that. It like, is. Did you, you know, make a ton of money on an underspin after that event? Not really. You know, the underspin. Yes, I made a ton of money because I won with it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It is a wintertime deal. Like it's not like a jig where you can throw it you know, on ledges on Kentucky Lake or Gunnersville or, you know, flipping in a lay down in Texas or flip bushes with it, you know, whatever it may be, you can use it all the time. Like the underspin is such a specialty thing. Uh, you got like three or four months out of the year where you can use it. And a lot of people, they would throw a swim bait over that. I just have a lot of confidence in it. And it really shines on blueback herring lakes. Um, you can catch them on in other places. I thought I was going to win one of our Bull Shoals events one time on the understand really? as well. Um, but it got warm and the fish just rushed the bank. And obviously that bite was gone. But yeah, they bite it in other places, but it really shines around blueback herring. Were all 15 a year fish underspin fish? Every one of them. I'm trying to think of another classic where every single fish, where every fish that was weighed in was on a single bait like there was no like there was no variation whatsoever so like this past year like you know christy flipped up a couple on docks right yeah like afterwards i'm trying to go back in my mind and i can't think of another classic where every single fish was on i think i can remember one i'm pretty sure kvd when he won at lay lake he caught every fish he caught on a red eye shad back underneath the bridge yep that's the one that Creep made a run at. Creep finished second. He was also throwing a trap in the grass in that same creek. Did he not catch a couple on a square bill, though, before he went to the trap? I thought he maybe caught a couple off those stumps on a square bill or a spinner bait. He may have. I don't know. I have to go back and watch it. But he did He did most of his damage because I remember he caught one six-pounder and he had it like hooked in the back <laughs> with that trap. That he weighed in. That was probably the most uh, heady de- tournament I've ever seen because that was where the creek was packed with like it was the takeoff creek. But were you? It, it, it was. There were like thirty-five guys in it. Yeah, I was one of them. But. KVD got like the bridge, and he was like, "Hey guys, I can't, you know, tell you where to go, but like if no one went past this bridge, that'd be awesome." And yeah. he had that backwater area. And then, of course, you had like this fans that like took it upon themselves to be like, hey, Kevin doesn't want anyone past this bridge. So he had like a natural funnel point. So everyone, <laughs> everyone packed in on the bridge to watch him. Yeah, It's like J.O. is like the only guy in there shooting photos and the TV crew that's with him. And he's got this backwater pond and anybody like Taco was back there, I think, wanted to get back there. Taco but anybody there. who wanted wanted back there they physically couldn't because there were, it was just clogged. It was the most, br- and he didn't do it right off the hopper. If you don't remember, like he kind of waited until like halfway through the tournament to really be like, Hey, this is, this is my jam. He kind of moved around a little. So yeah, I and was then, fishing. I, I didn't get to see all that aspect of it, but I do remember seeing it on the, on the TV. Show yeah. And, and, and then he, up. and then he was like, all right, time to make the move. 
Hey, and so he had a natural barrier. He had a pond to himself. He waited till all the fish that Crete and Faircloth and Russ Lane and all those guys were catching (laughs) and they swam right back to him. And then he had no pressure on him and he pulls out the red eye shad and just goes to town. Oh man. He whacked him in that deal. There ain't no doubt. That's freaking crazy. Hey, I'd I'd like to have a a boat barrier sometimes when I was fishing at all those boats following me. out of all the stuff that you've won, and you've won some stuff pretty convincingly, uh, what would you say the most dominating performance of your career has been? If you were to, to pick one where you were like, yeah, everyone was fishing for a second. Uh, Lake Cartwell, FLW event, 2014. Was that the brush piles on the docks event? Yeah, the docks. Docks with brush, deep docks, yeah. Like you knew there were four pounders on every single one of those and that they were going to bite. Just, you just had to be there when they were going to bite. Yep. It was uh it was pretty special deal, man. I had, I had docks where I could go catch, you know, 12 to 14 pounds of spotted bass and then just have the rest of the day to, and 12 to 14 pounds was good. Yeah. And I have the rest of the day to go catch three or four largemouth. I'll never forget the first day of that event. It was 41 degrees. The wind was blowing 25 miles an hour, and it was pouring rain. I'm talking sideways raining. I mean, it was brutal. And the old guy that I had, he was from Texas, my co-angler. Um, he shows up in a Stearns rain suit, plastic Stearns, yellow rain suit. Mm. And I ran from Clemson to the dam, which is about a 35-minute ride, and it busted open on him before we got halfway there. I'm like, golly. It was awful. Miserable cold. Did you guys take out from Clemson? We did. Oh, that's a hell of a run to get all the way down to the lower end, isn't it? It, it is. Long way, especially when it's rough and raining. So you started out, yeah, you destroyed everyone in this tournament. You had a two-pound lead over Skip Johnson after the first day. I think I won by 14, 15 pounds. Then you had a three-pound lead over John Cox after the second day. Then you had a nine-pound lead over Clint Davis after the third day. Yeah. And then you just smoked everyone. Andy Morgan finishes finishes second with 53-15, and you had 68-5. Yeah. You went 21-7, 15-13, 15-7, 15-10. Yeah. Just coasted to victory. Yeah. I mean, 15 pounds on Lake Harwell, that's on a four-day event. You know, everybody you talk to, oh, it'll take 20 pounds a day. I mean, that that don't happen here. If you can catch, most everybody's going to have a big day on day one. Or the stars line up like they did at the Classic where you get a good weather day and you'll catch a big, big bag on the final day. You just, you're not going to catch 20 pounds over and over and over again, back to back to back. And you're saying you like the largemouth better than the spotties. I do. I that's do. weird. I think that's weird. Is that well, maybe not, because we don't have access to four to five pound spots where in well, Oklahoma? Is well, it like the smallmouth deal for us? You've caught a couple four or five four pound spots. When you fish those places day in and day out, and you you go catch them one day and you're like, I'm gonna go win this tournament tomorrow and I'm gonna have 18, 19 pounds of spotted bass, and you come in with twelve, then you learn to hate spotted bass. Well, I did that two days in the opens. Like, I mean, I thought I was going to do it and I did like 
I caught like 17 limits of 12 and a half pounds on the yes. se- second and third day. <laughs> Welcome to spotted bass. And like every single one you think is like, that's it. That's her. That's the one. Yep. Cause they all act the same. And then they're all two, six to two 11. That's why you need the good largemouth population. Cause if you can catch 12, 13 pounds of spots, you, you know, especially if you can do it early. Yeah. You've got six hours to go get two bites, you know? I haven't talked about this before, but you're a spotted bass guy. You're a largemouth guy. Have you ever noticed on lakes that have both species that there are days when you, you catch spotted bass in largemouth areas, like right off the hopper. And then you're like those days I've noticed the largemouth fishing sucks. Yep. High pressure. Have you, have you ever noticed that? High pressure days. So you can go down a stretch of docks and get, a bite on every one of them and know that they're a big largemouth and go back the next day. You know, you say you had a little front, it's just a bluebird sky, high pressure. Every fish you catch off those same docks will be spots. Okay. So that's a real thing. Like that's to where you, one, you catch 100%. like two or three right off the hopper and you're like, Oh my gosh, these are spots. I'm screwed. Like these should not be spotted bass and you're toast. I've experienced this grand Ufala, all of the lakes at Oklahoma, and then also like on Hartwell and stuff. Yep. High pressure. All you're going to catch a spot. That's when you have to break out the shaky head. Hammer. <laughs> okay. You catch those big six pounders on a four inch finesse worm on an eighth ounce shaky head. And they're in the middle of something that's underneath the dock that, the, that were aggressive and suspended and we're Absolutely. grabbing it. Now they go down and get pissed off and just hang out and don't move absolutely okay that makes sense so they're still there yep they're there they just don't bite don't you wish don't you wish florida had some spotted bass you know those big cold fronts high pressure days when you can't buy a bite (laughs) do they (laughs) you could catch spotted bass why aren't there spotted bass in florida because there's some of the lakes that are like phosphate pits that's got to be deep enough for them doesn't it yeah you know, Florida has the, the only thing I know of is the Sewanee bass. Right? The red ideal. Yep. Huh. Yeah, no spots. And I thought I think Ken Duke, he's got a new big bass podcast. I think they're doing something on like a Florida smallmouth or something. There used to be smallmouth in Florida. Or there still are. I don't know. Don't know anything about that. There's so many species of bass now, I, I can't keep up with them. Yeah, I wasn't planning on doing a whole segment on that, but I, I was interested in it because I those are some questions that I've had and that, that you answered those questions. Yep. That was good stuff. Top three spotted bass, like big spotted bass baits of all time. If, you, if you're if you going to take three to the lake to catch three plus pound spots, uh, would a shaky head be one of them? Shaky head, one of them. 100%. See, you're the only, you're a shaky head. I've watched you on live. You're a shaky head guy. And I feel like there's not that many shaky head guys left. They're either drop shot guys or Ned rig guys. Yeah. But there's not that many just straight up like FLW tour 2008 to 2013 Beaver Lake shaky head guys. Yep. And you're still one of them. Jesse Wiggins is one of them. Why haven't you made the transition to the more trendy finesse baits? You know, fishing a shaky head, there's an art to it. Like it's a, it's a feel that you have to feel and understand. That's why a lot of folks just get away from it. You know, I mean, there's certain situations you can't throw it. Like some lakes that have grass, shaky head is not the deal. Mm -hmm. 
because you, you just can't fish it. But what do you mean the art? Is the art like once where you're throwing it, or the art what you're doing once you throw it? What you doing with it? With your rod and your line? Yeah, that's that's why a lot of people get away from it. You know, most people fish it like a Texas rig worm, where you pull it. You don't pull a shaky head. You shake it. You shake it on slack line. Like my rod never goes down when I shake it. I keep it at like 11 o'clock. I'm just shaking. I pick up the slack with my reel. If you watch me make a long cast with a shaky head, you'd be like, golly, it takes him forever. But that's the way you got to do it. So, well, I, okay. And then you're feeling for the bite. You're either seeing the line pop or you're you're going to to pull it a little bit to shake it some more and because i would imagine when you're doing that you're not there's a lot of bites you're not feeling or seeing because uh, you're shaking nah, it. you feel it most time when they hit it they it's like a jig bike dude they push five foot of slack in your line uh, are we going eight three sixteenths what's your go-to one eight three sixteenths the only two sizes i throw like i throw i throw one eight to 20 foot 20 foot and deeper i throw three sixteenths and most, always, of them, most of them get it for his to bottom, <laughs> especially with forward facing because I can see him. So they're coming up and meeting it. They eat it with that slow fall for sure. Because you got to be pacing there. It's not falling pacing. straight down. It's not just nah. going like that. Uh-uh. It's going, I'm a dying shad. It's going, like I'm a, a tube. You I'm know, the whole, the whole yeah. tube action where it swirls down. That's kind of what it's doing. Huh. If I can see him on forward facing and reach him with a spinning rod and make it fall on him, he's going to eat it. And right. you would much yeah. rather throw a shaky head on that fish than a drop shot or a Ned? I would. I'm not a Ned fan. That's a smallmouth bait to me. You're not a Ned fan? Mm-mm. Have you, no. have you like given it a fair shake? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm a shaky head guy. I know that's why I feel like maybe you haven't given the net a fair shake because your 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 affinity for the shaky head. True. That's it's just, like when, man, that thing is just so little. I just can't make myself throw it. I just can't do it. Well, they have the medium size ones. <laughs> well, I'd just throw a five inch cinco if I was going to do that. <laughs> uh, fair point yeah uh okay i i'm sure there's wiggins a... so jesse wiggins is one of the best shaky head guys you know still left on tour and he's a ned rigger now so he's like converted he's, he's trying to sell me on the ned yep i mean how much but experience do you have with it with the ned yeah catch a lot of smallmouth on it well, I'm not talking about like dragging it in current or casting it in the Great Lakes to smallmouth. I'm talking about like putting a net exactly where you put a shaky head. I've never done it. I guess I guess you've won so much on a shaky head. Every tournament that I've ever done well or won, a shaky head played somehow. And what is the do you have a worm like the worm that is your one your go to no matter what, you're gonna start out with that worm everywhere you go? Zoom green pumpkin treat worm. Six inch. Six inch, hands down. You get a nip a little bit off of the off of the head before you thread it on the hook or, or before just you enough, just enough to make it match the head. You paint in the head or do you care? Is it could it be straight lead? Always brown. Green or brown. 
green or brown. Yeah. Never screw lock. Never screw lock. What Never. do you? Are you? I could have looked this stuff up. I feel like I was unprepared for the shaky yeah, head. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a signature. I've got a signature shaky head. Uh, Greenfish makes it. Yep, Greenfish makes it. It's a, it's a bad little dude. Bobby Lane throws it. Bobby Lane's an underrated finesse guy. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm up here with this 60-pound test. No, the guy loves a freaking spitted rod and a wacky worm. And a, I was with him the first time he learned how to drop shot on Onondaga Lake, like back in like 2013, because I was with Pure Fishing. It's like, let's go film some stuff out here. And he's like, ah, Chris gave me a bunch of these. And he's like, it works. Yeah, All it right. does. Look at this. This has got to be it, right? Is that it? That's him. Yep. Clean up. Huh. What is it called? It's called a clean up. Okay. And what is what is unique about that one? It looks like it's a pretty stout hook in it. It's no, nah, it's actually a really light wire hook. I mean, it's made for eight and ten pound line. Oh, okay. It just looks that's what it's made for. And that's what I throw a shake of head on. Never a lot of guys nowadays they throw you know those quarter ounce shaky heads of fifteen pound line on bait casters and stuff. I, I never do that. Okay, so Greenfish also makes one with a screw lock. They do. So there's the screw lock one. It's called the screw ball. So you are you never use the screw lock hook. Never lose fish. I don't know if you lose fish. It's just it's aggravating. You, you don't, don't have like the same. It doesn't have the same action. It doesn't have the same look. Mm. Scent? You putting? Are you slathering that thing with bait fuel, Casey? Man, are you, no, you, you know soaking the? You soaking the baits in garlic bang? Or you are you just pulling better. them straight out of the pack? Straight out of the pack. No Bunch scent. Of BS on all that. No scent. No color. Just whatever comes out of the bag. Mm. You know I'm old school, here. Matt. You didn't figure that out. I know, out. but I also did. I mean, you also had you also gave up some juice there on the shaky head. I was very impressed that. that uh, I guess I forgot that you're such a sh shaky head guy. Hey, I caught eleven fourteen on uh, Clear Lake, California, on a shaky head ten pound line up from under a dock. That's a fair point. Have you won a million bucks on a shaky head? I wouldn't say solely on a shaky head, but it, it probably and, and played each and every one. Yeah. Who's won more? Sure. Who's won more on a shaky head than you? Name your top. Let's go. We'll take a break after this then because I want to come back. I got some other questions I want to ask you, uh, badger you about some lens colors. Uh, but top five shaky head fishermen. Let's go of all time. Now, if Man, you want to throw, if you want to throw the jig head worm guys in, because if you talk to like the old school guys like Harold Allen, they're like, yeah, we were throwing a shaky head in the seventies. It was just called a jig head worm, or it was called a pork pin on an eighth ounce lead with a true yeah. turn. But like well, Harold but, Allen was one of the greats at worm fishing period. Um, but I don't even remember seeing guys like utilize a, a shaky head that much. Um, I would just, say David, David Dudley would have to be in there, wouldn't he? He would. He is definitely – he used to be a shaky hitter. Now he's a wacky wormer. Right. Um, yes, he is really good at finesse fishing in general. You? Uh, me, Wiggins. Wiggins won a lot of money on a shaky head. 
Okay. So David Dudley, uh, Casey Ashley, Jesse Wiggins. It, what was Cody Meyer doing on Beaver Lake and all that stuff back in the day? Was Cody Meyer, a, a, I mean, he didn't win really on it, but was he a shaky I'll head guy? Cody, I take Cody as a drop shot guy more so than okay, shaky head. I do too. What about Brent? Was he a Nico, weird West Coast type guy instead of just straight shaky head? Yeah, he kicked our tail in a cup throwing that Nico rig when I was throwing a shaky head. He we'll was see if any of our listeners, Clay Williamson saying uh, Guido Hibden, was he that or was he throwing the little Guido bug on a little jig? He threw that a lot, um, but oh. he was definitely a good worm fisherman. Hey, people that's caught a lot, want a lot of money on a shaky head, you got to throw Ike into that mix as well. Yeah, uh, we Jeff Crete, Jeff Crete, hands down, he's a shaky uh, yes. head guru. So Crete's on the yeah. Mount Rushmore shaky head. Yes. So we got Dudley. Dudley's right, right? He belongs there, doesn't he? He does. Okay, Dudley, you, Wiggins, Jeff Crete. Now some guys are saying Blat, Clawson, Amar. Any of those guys? G Man. Hey, Martin's was more of a. He was more of a drop shot guy. I agree. Um, and we're, we're saying all this, and I do remember the second time we went back to Smith Mountain Lake, KVD won he solely did. on a shaky head with a green pumpkin trick worm. It was, he was uh, power fishing it. Yeah, he was catching spawning smallmouth. A lot of them were. Yeah. Hey, what did he catch that? Uh, what did he catch that lake record on or, or to that 10 pounder in 05 in Texas. Wasn't that a shaky head on the dam at Louisville? Yes. It was an 11 pounder. 11. Yeah. That's what Clay it was in a said. classic, right? No, I think it was at a, in an E 50 or something where you couldn't hardly get a bite. Like a 11. Yeah, pound he was, was on the, on the dam on Louisville. Yeah. Louisville Lake record shaky head. That's a Clay Williamson caught a DD at Louisville with the show. Are we going to have to throw KVD as the number five shaky header? <laughs> I don't know. Is he's, that sacrilegious? Of- <laughs> Name someone else who doesn't belong. Who doesn't? We got Dudley, Ashley, Wiggins, Crete. I mean, dude, we got I mean, a guy who's Aaron won Martin's a tournament. Definitely, and, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Martin was definitely a great finesse fisherman, but I don't ever remember him throwing a shaky head. We'll throw KVD all in there just for the hell of it. All right. That's good stuff. I enjoyed that segment. We're going to take our first break of the show with Casey Ashley. You've won pretty much every level. You've won FLW. You've won Elite Series. You've won a classic. Not Major League Fishing yet. Not Major League That's Fishing. It. I got to get one of those red trophies now. You've come close, though. Come You've close. been extremely consistent, too. You'll get your chance there. All right. We're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, uh, I need some sunglasses for next year. I don't have any. I've got two with scratch lenses and one from a gas station that I picked up because I like that the frame fit with my hat. Show doesn't have a sunglass sponsorship, so it's wide open. So I'm going to take the guy who's had a title sponsorship with a sunglass company since what year? 2011? 2011. 2011. All right, it is Monday, January 23rd with Casey Ashley. We will be back right after this. Introducing HDS Pro. Watch fish reacting to your lure live with Active Target 2. Get game-changing clarity in the megahertz range with the new Active Imaging HD Sonar. 
Find the richest fishing spots with Seamaps charts. Take full control of your boat with the ultimate fishing system. HDS Pro. The more you see, the more you catch. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough. And I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down rain. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got no pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the waterman brain that's 30k baby 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet super warm if it's cold in the winter time you put on your hydronaut you're gonna be a much more comfortable person if you want to just look sexy at dairy queen wear your hydronaut we got it from small to 5x most rain gear does not come in that many sizes you got waist adjusting straps we can make it fit you no matter what the environment is we want you to be comfortable we want you to be dry you gotta check it out it ain't gonna let you down elite series pro daryl gleason here my Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back, BTL, on a Monday with the man, Casey Ashley. Are you still in Do Donaldson? Donalds. Donalds? You've been there. Donalds. You're a, are you a Donalds lifer, Casey? I am. Born and raised. Will you ever leave, or is that home forever? It's home, man. Everybody I know, everything I love is right here. How big it, is it? It is really a, it really is a great place to live. Like it, It's super tiny, but... Man, like I told you earlier, we are so close to so many great fisheries. I mean, I'm not on the lake because if I lived on the lake, I would be worthless. I would fish <laughs> every single day. So they're far enough away that you like have to try to go fishing. Right. But 30, 40 minutes, I can be on six different bodies of water. They're really good. 
Hart, uh, Hartwell, Murray. Hartwell, Clarks Hill, Russell, Kiwi. Uh-huh. I ain't going to put Kiwi in there because it's terrible. Uh, Greenwood, Secession, Murray. Six. Wow. Yeah, that's strong. Yeah, and that explains why there's so many Carolina guys that are on tour. Like, if you look at even like North and South and stuff, there's an abnormal amount of anglers that come out of that South North Carolina area. It's I think it because is. you can do whatever you want. You can, and it's you know some of our lakes have herring. All the Savannah River has herring, but you know a lot of other lakes around here they they don't they don't have herring. It's a whole different deal. So you can kind of hone your skills in on whatever you want to do. All right, we got to mention a couple more, so it's not. We do, we don't leave anyone out. Um, John Murray and Mark Rose. Would you put either of them in that? John Murray for sure. Okay. Take KVD out and put John Murray instead, or you keep KVD in. Does John Murray supplant? Like, if you were to pick which one, do you still keep KVD? No, KVD. He hates throwing the shaky head. He just had to throw it to catch him that time. Okay. So John Murray, <laughs> and then old school. Someone mentioned Tom Mann was like one of the OG shaking worm guys see i'm so young i don't even remember that i remember tom man uh tom man jr won a tournament on clark's hill on a fluke i do mm-hmm. remember that actually the double fluke but i don't remember the shaky head look at this you're just making royalties left and right marcus said he just went and bought your shaky head eighth ounce brown head oh son you will catch him on it, I promise you. But but don't throw it on a baitcaster because you will straighten that hook out. I see the one he's holding right there. That fish will straighten it out on a baitcaster. Spinning rod. Spinning rod. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk lenses. My my season's about to start for the opens. Um, one of the things that I don't feel like I have ever had dialed in is my lens selection and sunglass selection i've kind of just had whatever jeffrey's had as a sponsor of btl let's see we've been through we've been through uh oakley smith uh ones where you like pop the lenses out and pop different lenses in uh costa we've dug costa before uh we've been through you should have grabbed all of those you should have grabbed all of those i've got well right now i've got uh three pair of costas in but they're just kind of what i ended up with Hand me downs. Yeah. I think one of them was like left in the VRBO and no one claimed them. One of them was like a birthday present. So if I want to get my sunglass game like on point, like what, what do I need to start out with? What do I need to have? How many glasses do you actually need? And how important is your lens cover? You have to have, you have to have at least two lens colors. And these will get you by on anything you need to do. Freshwater fishing, 580G. 100% 100% just the glass and you need the green mirror and you need the sunrise silver. Those two will do whatever you want it to do. Um, now frames, man, frames is an endless option. Everybody's fit your, face is fit your face. Yep. You have to fit your face. Um, my favorite everyday glass frame to wear is the fathom. It's small. It's you can fish in them, but if you're sight fishing, you really need some type of protection. My go-to is either the Fantail Pro or the Jose Pro. They're gonna give you the best coverage. <clears throat> They're still light. They were made for fishing. I mean, they've got all kind of cool mm-hmm. features like you know 
sweat tunnels that keep sweat from dripping in the eyes and, and all that good stuff. I mean, you can adjustable nose piece where you can widen them or make them skinnier so they fit your face just like they're supposed to. Uh, it's got everything, but it does give you coverage, and coverage is what you need on the sides. What I mean by coverage, no light gets in on the side or underneath. And, yeah, as far as lenses go, 580G, green mirror, and the sunrise silver. Green mirror is for bright sunny days, you know, fresh water. We always fish. Even though it's clear, fresh water has some, some type of green tint to it. Okay. And the green mirror is made for that color water. Um, when you get and into you'll your, sight fish with both colors. Yep. Dark, okay. cloudy days, and even... I like to wear, like when I go to Florida, that dark tannic water, I wear that sunrise silver even then because I'm about half colorblind <clears throat> and something about that light lens, it really makes the fish pop in that tannic water to me. But if it's overcast, you got to have sunrise silver. And glass is key, not the plastic. With the glass. Plastic is good if you want to just keep them in your car and wear them every day because they're light. But if you wear them, you know, 16 hours on the water fishing, it's going to make the eyes really tired. Like, and does that have the anti-shatter stuff? Like I put a two, I put a two ounce tungsten into my cheekbone in Florida last year. And I mean, it like dropped me hardcore. Like it was terrifying. Like somebody shot you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I looked at my co-angler and I'm like, is it bad? And he's standing there with his mouth open, just going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So the good like, thing about the good thing about the the plastic they call it polycarbonate, but um, it is light and it still does the same thing. But it, it will make your eyes a lot more tired. It's more of keeping your car, throw them on when you're going to the store, okay. or going to work, or going home for work. Glass, you can't scratch them. Like you can take a key and do like this on them. They will shatter, obviously, if something hits them, but they won't just like blow up like a light bulb. Um, plastic, they will scratch, you know, if you drop them, they're much more prone to be damaged glass. Not so much. Either you're going to bust them or they're going to be good. I got you. How many different colors do you carry with you? I mean, I know you said the, the green mirror and the, uh, sunrise silver, if you're just to pick two, but do you carry five, six, seven pairs with you at all times in the boat? I do carry five or six, seven different pairs of glasses, but they all have some form of green mirror or sunrise silver mirror. Okay. Lenses. Well, that sounds pretty, pretty clear then. Like, I mean, I need that pair and then make sure that, you know, you have the right fit on it. Yeah. The frames is the deal. You know, if I'm, say it's June and I'm fishing shallow, I want to see, I want to be able to see fish if there's some up there, wolf packing, cruising, you know, mm -hmm. brim beds, that type of stuff. But I was more aware of them for cover, being able to see a old stump or, you know, an isolated brush pile stuck there in the middle, just stuff like that. So I'm going to use the frame more like, you know, something that's, that's light, that's not as heavy on my nose when I don't need, you know, the perfect coverage like I would do during the spawning type of situation, you know, keeping all the light out. Um, that's when I would use the pro. All right, so I'm throwing a sunrise silver with an eighth ounce shaky head, brown or green pumpkin head, 
Eight to ten pound test at a six inch straight trick warp, and I'm catching up like Casey Ashley. That one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Uh, is it hard to believe that you've been doing this like fifteen years? <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day. So, Big Show Terry Scroggins is one of my great friends, and he is actually who persuaded me to get into bass fishing to qualify for the elites big show uh, is yep so i met big show years ago somehow or another went to a bfl regional on toho and i was like 17 18 years old and me and the buddy that i went with big show brought us out there took us and rode us around taught us how to run in florida i've never been to florida i've never seen all that grass you know and kept up with him Fast forward 2006, I fished the uh, Everstart on Lake Okeechobee. I led it the first day. Uh, wound up, I finished in the top 10. Brian Thrift won it. That was the chatterbait reveal. Um, so I went back because I did so well. The Opens, or the Southern Tour back then is what it was called, their first tournament was two weeks later on Lake Okeechobee. So I went back down there, and Big Show fished it. I did well in it. He was like, man, he said, you fish all these things, you can make the leaps, you know? I was like, man, there ain't no way. That's what I told myself. I was like, there ain't no way. Well, wound up, I did. I fished the Everstarts and the Southern Tour that year and made the elites and had no clue how I was going to find the money to do it, but I did it. <laughs> so, yeah, Big Show, he uh, he kind of persuaded me to, to keep going on that. That's a good story. It is. You would have never thought I would have known Big Show Terry Scroggins when I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. That was a long time ago, 2007. What are your thoughts on the young guys coming in now? Like how much more prepared do you think they are? Or are they prepared? Or is it the same thing, just just a different year than when you came in in, in 2007? Because I feel like you're you're pretty open in saying like, hey, I, I had absolutely no clue what the hell I was doing on the majority of these things. I did not. Um, all I knew that I loved to fish and I didn't know how I was going to make all the rest of it work, but I was, I loved to fish. So I was going to figure it out on the way. And that's honestly nowadays, you know, you have social media and all this stuff for these young guys to kind of promote themselves, but it was actually better and easier on the sponsor side when I came through than it is now because now it's just like flooded you know what i'm saying so you really have to set yourself apart to to land a good deal and the sponsors that that is bass fishing that's i don't care how good you are if you don't have good sponsors it's tough it's a tough business i mean you don't catch them every time i don't care how good you are um so you gotta have it and now with all the social media yes it is a helpful tool but now it's it's a flooded market like you really have to work to set yourself apart when you're starting out. And it's hard to set a name for yourself when you're coming out cold. Nobody knows who you are. Um, so that's why I say it was probably a little easier when I come along, even though I, I didn't have all the tools that they have now. Mm -hmm. But that's why it was easier. You know, it was more of a still kind of working on a handshake deal. You know, what have you done right, do you think, to be able to keep? 
Costa since 2011 through a bunch of changes, a bunch of overhaul. I mean, dude, there's it, that's insane to keep to keep any sponsor for that long. But 2011 through 2023, that's that's impressive. It is, and I'm not going to take any credit on that. I'm just going to tell you, I'm the luckiest human being alive because <laughs> uh, I did come through in the beginning. And when it was still kind of just people liked you for who you were, not not how many social media fans you had and and all that. Um, so just being at the right place, right time and, you know, just be who you are. You know, that's 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 been my motto when I started out. And I've heard this from so many other people. So that's kind of why I used it. You surround yourself with good people. Good things will happen. And if you surround yourself with good people and you are good to the people you're around, they'll be the same to you. And, you know, that's kind of kind of how I've gotten all my deals. Triton, Mercury, Costa. Uh, I've been with Triton and Mercury ever since I started my career. Um, Holy cow. Quantum, Quantum, I've been with them since 2011. You know, Rod and Reels. Uh, Zoom, I've been with Zoom since I started my career. Um, Yeah, just relationships when you when you get a good sponsor and what i mean by a good sponsor like triton mercury coast of zoom man they they don't need me to promote them i mean they promote themselves zoom don't even advertise and they sell more worms in this country than than anybody (laughs) um but yeah just i like to work for people that you know it's easy to promote it's easy to say that this product is good it's easy for me Mm -hmm. to believe in it you know Whatever I sell, I believe in, and people know it. It's good stuff. True Fisher says, I got to go. My teacher's yelling at me, but tell Casey he should come to the, <laughs> <laughs> he should come to the high school tournament <clears throat> on Lake Hartwell this weekend. <laughs> uh, I wish I could. I'm actually going to practice on uh, Lake Norman this weekend. For Redcrest. For Redcrest. Red Red yep. Red uh, do you... I feel like you like to be like home and not bothered for time. Like you like to just like mellow out and do your own thing. Like you're good at doing stuff, but you need Sometimes. down, you need some downtime to just yeah, hang out with the fam and do your own thing. I think everybody needs downtime. Well, I mean, some guys are just go, 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 go for like, I mean, you look at guys and you're like, you're at what show now you're doing what now you're where now you're right. recorded this, but there's other guys that are, they're, they just kind of methodical. I, you strike me as a guy who's not a go, go, go type of guy. No, I like to Unless be you have right. to be. Right. Yeah. I like to be home. I like to do things at my own speed. Uh, you know how teachers, they have those, uh, they have those days that they can take off. It's just like for their mental health. <laughs> so from no October to January, those are my months that I get to take off from it. <laughs> nah, it, it's been, it's been a great ride, man. You know, some years since COVID it, it has changed everything as far as like appearances and stuff. You know, I used to do a lot, mm-hmm. but it's just like, since COVID hit, there's not, not the need for it as much anymore. Um, not because I don't want to do it or don't do it. Um, I don't know. It just kind of changed the game a little bit. People Sorry. would rather watch watch you and I sit right here and do this 
Yeah, well, we could do I, so many, so many different cool things here. I was looking at how KVD won the classic on Lay Lake, what we were talking about before, and he was. It was exactly the way we described the way we described it. That was a brilliant was it the red eye, or did he use a square? Yeah, no, it was a red eye. Yeah, he it, used uh, a square bill when he won at the. Uh, he was cutting those stumps at the Delta in 2011. That was up. Uh, Polinick's first one. That was the one that yes. Remitz was in there and Polinick and him and they had that freshwater deal that had flushed through there and he like he knew he was going to destroy that one. He knew yeah. he was going to dominate that one. It wasn't where he won that tournament. Didn't that part of the Delta just open? Yeah, like there was something about there was something about like a freshwater like something that was pumping like freshwater or something with current into that section of it that it was more alive than all the rest of it. Because yeah, so that, that one, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do a media ride in that one. So I called up everybody that I knew and said, hey, are you running to Venice? Because I wanted to be in the boat with someone that was making that run. Well, I didn't know that it would be the foggiest classic in history and that everybody would get the freaking radar that they put an inch above their heads. So yeah. I called a couple guys and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And I got to KJ and KJ's like, hell yeah, I'm going. And I was like, cool i'm gonna media observe with you on day one and he's like bring it and that was the freaking craziest run in the history of planet earth because he had kelly who thank god was somewhat normal you know he yeah he was like dude i'm not like running in this but you had these guys who had this radar which was basically forward <laughs> forward facing sonar for boats in front of you right yeah. And it was like radar that was supposed to be like 50 feet away from you. And it's like six inches away from them, literally radiating them. And yeah. they're going 70 miles. Did you like, did uh, you fish that one? No. So I, I, uh, I, I didn't qualify for two classics. And that while was, I was that bass. That was one of them. So I actually, I actually opened on stage. I sang at that classic before the ceremony started with my guitar. It's me and the guitar. <laughs> really? Yep. That's, sure I guess if you're not going to be in it, that's a cool way. It was, it was cool. And then yeah, Zach, that Brown, was nuts. Zach Brown finished it. Um, after the show, they I used to be at a bunch of stuff. They did mm -hmm. a, they did a, a they must've had a deal with bass. Cause before they were Zach Brown band, they did like the all-star event yeah. on the Alabama river. And yep. 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 I met him there, but yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. If I wasn't fishing. I was, you know, on stage singing. So that was fun. You still sing a lot? Not as much as I used to, man. I don't have time. I, mean, I don't, don't have time to learn new stuff. I, mean, I got a nine year old dude. When I got a spare minute, he's wanting to be shooting something or catching something all the time. <laughs> That's good. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. That's what we're going to do. It could be a soccer practice. Well, that too. He plays football and baseball. So I'm just kidding. I'm not ripping that bad on soccer. Dude, I actually started appreciating soccer. I don't know anything about soccer. He's there's never played. He played one time. but There's a show out on Netflix. It was on FX, and it's called Welcome to Wrexham. And it's and what is like... That? 
And so it's like the oldest soccer club in history. It's like 150, 160 years old. And uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name who bought it. I've tried anyway, two Hollywood A-listers. It's over in like Wales or Belgium or somewhere over there. And they buy this freaking team and it's like down. And it's the whole series is on them, like bringing it back to its former glory. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. And I I've never watched a soccer thing in my life. And I watched all 15 episodes of that in like two days. So now, you know, a little bit about soccer. Yes. Gotcha. See, I, I don't know anything about it. That's why I don't watch it. Like it just looks like a bunch of people out there running around for me. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. It's in Wales. CP Branson. It's a great show. It's gotcha. in Wales. All right. Anything else? What do you got coming up? What are your thoughts on the year? Anything you want to Man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good year. Um we're going to a few of the same lakes. Some of the lakes we're going to, we hadn't been there in a long time. The ones we're repeating to, we are going at a different time of year. Um, I'm looking forward to Murray. I hadn't fished a big event on Murray since uh, the FLW Tour, or the Major League Fishing Pro Circuit, uh, two years ago. I missed cut by 10 ounces in that deal, so kind of on a little, little revenge on that. Um, I'm looking forward to Saginaw Bay. It's one northern tournament that I'm looking forward to. Um, Gunnersville will be good. Uh, that's not my favorite place to go. I kind of want to go back to the to the Caney Creek deal down in Louisiana. That's a uh, different time of year, but I missed out getting to go into the to the little bussy break place where they caught all those yeah. toads flipping. That's heavy that, hitters this year, right? That's heavy hitters. That's my jam. I want to really go there. Um, okay. But yeah, man, we've got a good schedule. You know, we open at Toho. I'm fishing the first invitational in a little over two weeks on Okeechobee. So, are you fishing all the invitationals or are you going to cherry pick those? I just cherry picked. I did the first two I did Okeechobee and I did Clark's Hill and I'm done. Hey, the first time you ever put your boat in on Kissimmee, so like Toho, like you put in at Big Toho Marina, did you, were you like, what the hell this is it like when you put it in red like to be i did it for the open and i was like wait a second that's the dam like i just put in like i was like i think i could run this i see boats and then all of a sudden i'm at the end of the lake yeah and i've heard about you know you hear about toho like toho's like the land before time right and yeah. then you get yeah. out there now granted once you understand it then you're like holy cow there's endless billions of miles of backwater and canals and stuff but if you just put your boat in and go shockingly small did you get that it same is. feeling the first time you it did is. it? Well, the first time I ever put my boat in on Toho, I was with Big Show. So I got to see all the ins and outs on, on, from the, right off the rip. Uh. <laughs> he was like, oh, hammer. He said, you see this grass right here? He said, don't run close to it. It's shallow. <laughs> I'm like, it all looks the same to me, Big Show. It's green. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, it is small. Like if you just run the open water, it's one end of the other in like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, how are you going to beat thrift on Norman this year? Man, thrift's really good on Norman. So is Andy Montgomery, but thrift, I tell you, he, he loves to fish it in the fall when it's tough. And that's, that's kind of like me. I love to fish at home when it's tough, like in the winter time, 
when it's a slugfest, man, anybody can win. Anybody can catch them. Everybody that we fish against, compete against, they're they're really, really good. But if I had to put money on one, it would be Andy or Brian. Or you. Or me. Hey, they blew backs in, in uh, Lake Norman. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. It is a jammer schedule for you, dude. It is. Yeah, you know, Cherokee and Douglas are right in, right in your wheelhouse too. It is. Um, Cherokee and Douglas, they are two special places. Um, I like Cherokee more than Douglas, but I do like fishing those in the in the pre-spawn. I wouldn't want to go there when they come off the bank and getting forty foot deep. But uh, so yeah, Cherokee you have is special. Clark's Hill this year. Lake Norman, Cherokee and Douglas, and Lake Murray, and then the other fisheries that you like, like the Caney Creek and the Florida stuff that sets big shows. You're like BFF. You're comfy <laughs> out of Florida now for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be good. You know, I've always went into a year not being excited. Like, just you got to be excited like for this one. Just because you like a lake doesn't mean you're going to catch a bass. Yeah, but I mean, when was the last time you had one of those lakes where you sucked on it? Like, be honest. Like, you you don't ever suck on the lakes, on those lakes. Hey, Lake Okeechobee, the last time I was there, I zeroed for two days. No, the Blueback Lakes, Casey. <laughs> yeah, Blue Blueback's is a whole different deal. Like, I'm your really sucky finish is a 20th. You said I, I, I like to be at home and do my whole thing. Well, this whole winter break. I've burned so many gallons of gas on Clark's Hill. It's not even funny. <laughs> I had to relearn it. When you're on tour, you don't get to fish at home. So I had to go out there. More, more secret really lures than ever on Blueback Lakes. Secret lures? Yeah, like the the stuff that's like old. Like you have risers and fallers and swimmers and minners and all sorts of weird blueback stuff like you come you go out to those blueback lakes and everybody's like hey look at this paint job and this is hasn't been made since 2008 i mean i'm not gonna like blow them out now but you know what i'm talking about yep well the underspin is old um jigging spoons dude we catch them really good oh you guys even have secret jigging spoons you have out there out there in the carolinas they have these lead soft lead jigging spoons it looks like the just straight up like war eagles or whatever seven eights but they're soft lead and then you take them and they've got strips of reflective tape on them they're painted white and then you bend them it's called a berry spoon okay you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah berry spoon i got a boatload of (laughs) yeah we catch the heck out of them on those things man and you can fish them like a topwater. You could reel them through. You can rip them. You can actually jigging spoon them. They're the yep. most bizarre thing ever. And some people, yeah. it's like a bill of a hat. Yep. Some people keep them flat. Other people, Chad Morgan Taylor. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you, man, there there are little nuances at at home, you know, on herring bodies of water that just flat out work. And then you take them other places, and you'll never get a bite on. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, the old, the old floating bomber. It's, it's still a big deal. Just the bone floating bomber jerk bait. We use it as a weight bait. You have to wind it super slow. So it's, you know, for cold water, but uh, a lot of fish get caught on that thing. 
on Blue Bay Lakes. Dude, I greatly appreciate it. Anything else? <laughs> Big blade of spinnerbaits. And the three blade. You can't forget the three blade. Well, I'm not talking about secret lures. I'm just talking about a general life in the show. Anything else you want to get in before I let you go? I like your backdrop. Yeah. You got a hell of a backdrop there. I do. I don't know if you can see. Uh, yeah, I see the belt. That, that jersey in that shadow box back here. Yep. There's a painting behind, you know, inside the mm -hmm. box. So my cousin actually painted that. He's a really good oh, artist. Oh, I see it. If you look up so, over the right shoulder, that's you in a boat, and it looks like you're on you're on some sort of Carolina. That is where I won the classic. No kidding. And that's the jersey yes. you wanted in. Yes. Yep. Have you Pretty seen? Special. Oh. And then you got the classic trophy next to it, and you got your yeah, Elite Series yeah. trophy next to that, and then you've got yep. your your my heavyweight belt. You see my heavyweight belt. Your heavyweight belt there for a hundred pounds. Yeah. You got some FLWs up in the corner. I do. Yeah. Where's your those, those are old school tour win? Where's your tour win trophies? Those are old right there. Those yeah, are those like aren't old trophies. Yeah, where's your FLW tour win? Oh, it's there. oh, there we go. On the other side of the heavyweight belt. Just missing a red one, man. I gotta get that red one. Yeah, you pretty much have every other trophy known to man. Is that like a second place Elite Series trophy or something? The one that's like a little bit smaller? Uh, up on top? It's like the middle row. Yeah, second right. place. That was at uh, Lake Wheeler to Tommy Biffle. Do you feel like if you finish top five, you should get some sort of hardware, plaque, trophy, something? I mean, no. a top five. No? You don't think no. so? No. Win or nothing? They, no. Win or nothing. Yeah, they, they used to do that, but that was really a waste of money because like, you know, you look back over there. I mean, you see that little trophy mm -hmm. and, and then you see that one. I mean, yeah, I've got it up there just cause I needed to fill space, but you know, KVD, he would just throw that little trophy right there in the trash. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. Cause he has so many big ones. <laughs> I, I just remember back in the day, it was everyone was trying to stack those little FLWs. Cause I yeah. think you got one for like the top four or five and you'd go into like your buddy's house. Who's like the local hammer. And he'd just have like do, 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 do of all those little, you know, the little FLW ones that so and the, go ahead. Those little trophies. That's how I met Marty Robinson. Uh, we tied in a BFL for third. So we had to flip a coin. We got paid the same. We had to flip a coin to see who got the third place trophy or the fourth <laughs> place trophy. And Marty got me. They flipped a nickel. He asked, I didn't know nothing about flipping coins. So he asked the dude, I forget the guy's name, the tournament director, uh, Maxwell. I think he's passed now. But anyway, they flipped a nickel and Marty said, he called Tails. He's like, and when it was over, he won, obviously. He's like, anybody ever flips a nickel, you call tails. See, it's because the head's always heavier, so it's going to land head down. <laughs> Things you learn from Marty Robinson. Me and him have been traveling together ever since. So you always, if you get in a coin flip, you're always flipping a nickel and taking the tails. Yeah, if they flip a nickel, you take tails. God, I don't have a nickel. Do you have a nickel? I don't. I don't. I'm going to go try that as soon as the show's over. Hey, percentage-wise, I guess he's right because he won. Slight percentage. Yep. Slight percentage. Kind of like cards, change. you know. 
right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Life lessons from Marty Robinson. That's good stuff. I'm going to let you go. Uh, what, I'm going to take a final commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to, you know, you're going to make your money fishing this year. I'm going to make my money on fantasy fishing this year because MLF came out with some, uh, with what's new at fantasyfishing.com. And it's not, yeah. it's not the Hulk Hogan million dollars, that type of stuff, like $100,000 per event. Like it's hard to believe that that actually existed at one point in time. You had Hulk Hogan giving a million dollars away to a fantasy fishing winner. <laughs> like in what world did we live in back then? Right. But we're talking like boats and trucks and tackle and stuff like that and a bunch of different changes. So, yeah, I mean, you're I'm welcome to, to stick around for this final segment if you want to. If you want to go through strategy with me. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm just going to run some more commercials, come back and talk about that. If you want to stick around for fantasy fishing theory you can't otherwise you could dip out i'm just trying to figure out how i can get in on the fantasy fishing action i don't think you can i think you're ineligible i think i'm exempt from it yeah you're 100 exempt from it hey sounds like a good deal though it is all right casey i appreciate it man hey man i appreciate it enjoyed uh, it we went way deeper into shaky heads than i ever thought we would but it's good stuff it is an art it is an art an art. Hey, All right. Thank you for having me, man. Good luck on tour this year. It's it's the oh it's the opens, man. You can't. It, right. it, I guess it is a tour. Yes, it is. When you hit it's the road, still that's a, tour. I know, but it's still a. You just pay your entry fee. And, woohoo! We're on tour. We're on tour, <laughs> baby. Hell yeah! I'm on the opens tour. Hey, you'll be doing that for the rest of your life if you keep. Oh, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully, I get to something that you have to qualify for. <laughs> no, I'm talking about paying entry fees and hitting the road. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought you yeah. were talking about the opens. I was like, God, that's a little morbid. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you said pay, pay your inch fees and hit the road. Oh, yeah. I was like, Yeah, you'll be doing that the rest of your life. Yep, all right. it's all good, hey, Casey. Appreciate you having me, Matt. Thanks. See ya. All right, that is Casey Ashley. Good stuff. I think we're like the exact same. Like I said, I think we're like the exact same age. Eighty-four birthdays. I want to say eighty-three, eighty-four birthdays. Wins his first tournament, the first tournament that I covered on Smith Mountain. Uh, I've told this story before on the show. One of the things I remember about that event was Casey wins. I think he's got his parents there. That's about it. And, uh, you know, we all interview him and they're like breaking down the stage in the background. And he, he comes out of the media trailer and like the stage is all broken down and people are getting all their stuff to put up. And he's just standing there, 23 years old got a trophy under one arm and he's like well what now and they're like I, you're done he's just standing i just remember him standing in the empty field with the trophy going what do i do now it's like go celebrate i will right, take our final break i think we got some new commercials in here i've been begging for some new commercials i think we got some new commercials so we'll see if they uh we'll see if they roll but uh when we come back i want to get into the fantasy fishing MLF stepping it up on that. It is BTL on a Monday. We'll be back right after this. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success, in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is going to handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. 
Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns back by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat. So you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips. So if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. All right, we are back wrapping things up on a Monday. How about that? New, new commercial spot there, Michael Neal with the quick draw. On the EDC, on the EDC Gamagatsu knife. I like it. Uh, I want to get into the F, or F, 
MLF Fantasy Fishing. They came out with a uh, article the end of last week, what's new at fantasyfishing.com in 2023. And remember, they didn't really have fantasy fishing for a number of years. And everyone was like, hey, you're missing the boat. Then they came out with fantasy fishing and then everyone was like telling them all they were doing wrong on the fantasy fishing. Um, But they're they're making strides. They're making strides here. So fantasyfishing.com. Uh, they're, they, so the, here are the major changes. If you're into this stuff, they, they went with public leagues. So last time you had to have like a private league, like Bass Zone, and I had to give out like a code so you can do like a public league. Now, uh, you could actually like fill your team in with, uh, with the selections, uh, that you used. If you forgot to fill in the selections for a team, you can see the percentages and stuff of like what the other people that are playing are picking and then this is the uh, this is the big one, picking the top ten and win big. So picking a winning team is already hard enough, but if you get the entire top ten right for any given tournament, that's something that should be rewarded in a big way. So you know, if you pick ten guys for a tournament, they all finish in the top ten. You get a brand new Phoenix eight one eight, a twenty three Toyota Tundra limited edition, and Abu Garcia fishing gear. So you get a boat, a truck, and fishing gear if in any of the regular season tournaments for either the BPT or the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals, you get all top 10. And then there's also like new trips for pros and things like that. So uh, I will get that going this week. I will go in, I will create a... uh, a Bass Zone group. Actually, uh, Jody White won the uh, BTL group last year uh, for uh, the MLF side, sent him, uh, Brian Head from Denali there, sent him the 7.4 Lithium Pro uh, multi-spin, medium heavy. And he went up and he's been catching uh, lake trout and smallmouth on it. So that's good. All right, tomorrow's show, very interesting dude. Uh, Kevin Rogers. Uh, if you follow the sport, you've probably heard his name. He's arguably the biggest name in the crappie tournament game. Very uh, heralded or very storied career. Uh, one of the most decorated crappie anglers in tournament crappie history. And then kind of decided he's kind of always dabbled in the bass, but decided he wanted to come over and start fishing the bass, fish the MPFL last year and jumped in a bunch of other events. Uh, this year, looks like he's fishing the invitationals. and uh, and the NPFL. So we will get, uh, his take kind of really just two years into this, uh, into this journey, uh, for Kevin Rogers. So we will talk to him and then Frank gets here on Wednesday, uh, show 100 for, uh, Frank Scalish in studio, which is big, uh, to have Frank in studio. So he's supposed to be driving on Wednesday here. And then of course, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're supposed to have a lot of snow and wind. So Never fails when a Scalish comes into town that we have weather. But then we're going to go fish Thursday, Friday, possibly Saturday after the show on Thursday. Of course, that's show number 100, day four, number 100 on Thursday. Frank, uh, Mark, we're going to have Mark come in. We're going to have uh, probably Frank Jr., Josh, a bunch of different people uh, that are going to be a part of that. So excited to have Frank sitting 
right across the way and excited for a good show today i really appreciate uh casey jumping on he gave up a lot of good juice uh on the shaky head he actually probably convinced me to put that back into my rotation in 2023 when it comes to the finesse fishing i i pretty much uh have gone back to just drop shot or or ned uh but he made a pretty strong case for the shaky head uh and then also explained a lot about uh, about the sunglasses and why there's so many good guys that are out of that Carolina area. So this has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live for Monday, January 23rd. Kevin Rogers tomorrow. Like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, merchandise still available on Shop BTL tab on BassZone.com. Guys, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the comments, the support. Another great live show today uh, with a lot of live viewers. So we'll see everybody tomorrow for Kevin Rogers. That's it. Later.